Let us pray. O God, who before the passion of your only begotten Son revealed his glory upon the holy mountain, grant to us that we, beholding by faith the light of his countenance, may be strengthened to bear our cross and be changed into his likeness from glory to glory. Amen. Please be seated. You know, the fact that we are in church means quite often we should be saying to one another, take off your shoes, we are on holy ground. But today, this passage and the story about Moses, take off your symbolic shoes because we are on holy ground. Friends, this scripture of the theophany of God appearing to Moses and appearing to Jesus on the mountain, they're meant to get our attention. They're dramatic on purpose. It's a devouring fire, a cloud, a voice from heaven. Take off your shoes. We're on holy ground. This is the last Sunday after the Epiphany, and I love these hinge seasons, these hinge days between seasons, because often on days like this, we're pivoting. We're pivoting from Advent and Christmas and Epiphany and the manifestation of God and the person of Jesus Christ in unique ways to the journey to the cross, because that's where we begin on Wednesday. We begin the walk toward the cross every day of Lent, every day of Holy Week, culminating in Easter. And so if you have seen these miracles that Jesus has done, if you've heard his teaching, if you've been impacted that this is the Son of God, fantastic. And now, as a follower of Jesus Christ, and by virtue of your baptism, take up your cross and follow me. Because that's how it works. You don't get to just enjoy the light show. You take on the cross because God has something in store for this world. And it's by virtue of those who take up their cross that we see God's purposes revealed. So what I'd like to do today, I would like to look a little bit at the story of Moses on the mountain. I'd like to look a little bit at the story of Jesus on the mountain. These are distinct manifestations. You and I are not Jesus. You and I are not Moses. But guess what? God comes to us as well. And I want to slow down today. I want you to pause your week, whatever's come before, whatever you've had to deal with. I want you to clear it aside. And I want you to think about ways that God has come to you, either as roaring fire or as glowing ember. Because as people of God, it happens all the time. And we just need eyes to see it. So in the passage from Exodus, uh, you know, the people of Israel, they have left Egypt. They have wandered through the wilderness. They're now at the base of Mount Sinai. This is the place where God will be revealed. This is where the law and the commandments will be given. And God calls Moses to come up to the mountain. And so Moses makes ready. He tells Aaron and the other elders, take care of the people. I'm going up. As we know, Aaron and the elders didn't do such a great job, and that led to some uh, grief when Moses came down, but we'll put a, a bookmark there. We'll come back later. But Moses went up to Mount Sinai with Joshua. And what I love about this is a cloud encircles the top of the mountain, and Moses waited for six days. I have a feeling that if it were you and me, we'd wait for six minutes. And if we hadn't seen God by then, we got things to do. Six days, Moses waited on the mountain 
for God to be revealed. And on the seventh day, which is no accident, what do we remember about the seventh day? It is the Sabbath. It is the day of rest. God reveals God's self on the Sabbath to Moses. And we know all that happens, the thunder, the lightning, the fire, and the smoke. Now, before we get into Moses' experience, just imagine the view of the people. Whether it's a volcano, whatever natural explanation you want to give it, they're terrified. Something big is happening on that mountain, and they're probably wor worried for Moses' safety. So then God proceeds from that point to give the law and the commandments to Moses and writes them with his own finger on the tablets is what it says. And let me tell you, when you get into Exodus and you start reading those commandments, they are detailed. They are about the tabernacle. There's all kinds of important things there, but don't get lost there because you can get a little bit bogged down. Keep moving because God is calling the people into the promised land. That is the intention but God gives them the 10 commandments, the 10 best ways as godly play says. Pivot now to the gospel story. There's no mistake that Moses's encounter with God at Mount Sinai is replicated in Jesus's experience on the Mount of Transfiguration. Matthew is very intentionally saying, this is the new Moses. Pay attention as you listen to the law and the prophets. Now listen to my law of love. They're connected. So Peter had just recognized Jesus as the Christ, the Messiah. He had declared that six days earlier. He took Peter, James, and John up to the mountain. And it just says Jesus was transfigured. As Chris said this morning, it's the only time this word is used in the Gospels, in the New Testament. Transfigured, changed, shining bright. His face and his garments shone like the sun. Moses and Elijah appear to show that there is continuity with the commandments, with the prophets, now with Jesus. It's all of a piece. Peter tries to build three dwellings, and it finally made sense to me. We love to tease Peter. Why on earth is he wanting to build dwellings? I'll tell you why. How long was Moses up on the mountain? 40 days and 40 nights was his biblical equivalent of a really long time. So Peter's like, we're going to be here for a while. I better build some structures. It now makes sense to me. He tries to build three dwellings. A bright cloud then overshadowed them. And we hear the voice of God saying something very similar as what God said to Jesus at his baptism. This is my son, the beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. It's like a divine finger just pointing down from heaven. If you want to know what I'm like, pay attention to this man. The disciples fell to the ground. They were overcome by fear, and Jesus immediately touches them and says, Get up. Do not be afraid. And I want you to, I want you to take that home with you today. Whatever you are facing, whatever paralyzes you, whatever has you afraid, let Jesus hear Jesus' voice. Do not be afraid. Get up. And then coming down the mountain, Jesus asked them not to tell anyone what had happened. Friends, the experience of God, what we call the numinous, it is available to us, and it happens all the time, but sometimes we have to tune our radios to that station, and there are so many different ways of experiencing God. For some of you, it might be an insight or a discovery, something academic, something in your research. It's almost like a gift has been given, and it falls into place. For others of you, it may be an emotional outpouring the sense of the, the dam breaking, 
and being set free, right? The emotion that comes with meeting God. There's so many different ways to experience God. And so I'd like you actually to think for a moment, and I'm going to give some examples, but I'd like you to find in your own life, when were you in a place or a situation where it felt like holy ground, where you felt like you needed to remove your shoes? Was it a scene of natural beauty that took your breath away? Was it encountering a love that you'd never known before? Maybe it was art, theater, music, painting, something that struck your soul. Have you ever hit rock bottom, a moment of complete human vulnerability, and found love holding you when you could not? How about religious conversion, turning toward God, surrendering toward God? Do you see what I'm saying? There's so many ways that we can encounter the divine, and it's not just for the mystics. It's not just the dark night of the soul. It is available to us not by our virtue, but by virtue of the fact that we are part of the body of Christ. And if God said to Jesus, you are my son with whom I am well pleased, then as we are members of Christ's body, we can hear those same words in a derivative way towards us. In preparation for this morning, I thought about ways that I have encountered God. As a child at summer camp, singing praise songs in that chapel. As a high schooler in India, sitting on a rock in the Indian Ocean and watching the sunset with my friends. As a college student, making and watching theater that was brave and authentic. In graduate school, hitting emotional bedrock and finding God's love. At General Convention 2018, if you can believe it, attending a revival and having someone lay hands on me. And at the Alpha Retreat last year, when participants came forward for prayer. By virtue of our life in Christ, by virtue of our incorporation into the church, we should be on the lookout for those holy moments in our own lives and in the lives of others. This is my beloved with whom I am well pleased. That is the message we will always hear. And experiences like this can be scary. They can take us to the end of ourselves, but they're not meant to leave us paralyzed. Jesus still says, get up and do not be afraid. As you begin the season of Lent on Wednesday, make ready your heart for God. Clear the altar. Receive the gifts that God intends for you this season. And whether you experience a devouring fire or a gently glowing ember, know that God loves you beyond measure and is equipping you to carry your cross. Amen.